Minnesota boxing fans, and welcome to another episode of the Minnesota Fight Night podcast. I'm Brian Johnson, and my co-host is Sean Strauss. Bring your boy in, and I'll make him a world champion. A legendary boxing trainer, the late, great Emmanuel Stewart, made that bold prediction years ago in a conversation with the father of Minnesota boxer Colton Warner. On October 22nd in Hinckley, the younger Warner will try to move a step closer to world title contention as he takes on Blaine Perigo in a heavyweight showdown. Warner is 2-0 heading into the fight. In the following interview, Warner talks about what it was like training and sparring with heavyweight champion Tyson Fury and working with Sugar Hill Stewart, nephew of Emmanuel Stewart. He also takes a deep dive into the current state of the heavyweight division, among other topics. I hope you enjoy the interview. So my name is Sean Strauss. My co-host is Brian Johnson, and this is the Minnesota Fight Night Podcast. We're joined with Colton Warner, heavyweight, going to be fighting on the uh, Hinkley card on October 22nd. Um, Colton, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Um, I had a, an opportunity to meet you a while back, and I missed it. My back was going out on me, and I know you were over at Rice Street. Um, this was a long time ago, um, and he worked, yeah. worked some mitts with Vanda and stuff. But it's a pleasure to officially meet you now, man. Thanks for joining yeah, us. N- nice to meet you, and thank you for having me. Um, like Red just said, uh, off the air here, uh, Brian's running a little bit late. So for those listening, he will be here shortly. But um, I was listening to a, a podcast last night um, that you had done. Um, with a fellow hockey friend of yours, uh, kind of telling your story. And um, I was hearing some stuff about you that I didn't know. Um, I knew your uh, brother played hockey, but I didn't realize you had such a extensive background in hockey also. Yeah, that, that was our sport from the time we were probably three years old, all the way I played until I was 20 years old. And that was at the point where I made a transition to boxing. Um, and I, I grew up around boxing. Uh, my dad had boxed uh, at Kronk for a brief period. Uh, we lived in Vegas for a period as well. Um, and he had basically went to WCW wrestling, back to boxing, and then kind of hung it up from there. Um, so we grew up knowing boxing, but at 20, that was my transition um, to basically, I mean, when I started fully training, I fell in love with it, realized how hard it was. Um, you can't really cheat boxing. You have to, it's like a full-time gig, you know what I mean? So it was very addicting for me and challenging. And uh, yeah, the rest is history. <laughs> well, the fact that, uh, well, that's pretty amazing history. Um, yeah. Not too many people can say they've even been to Kronk uh, or, or know what Kronk is, but um, I know what Kronk is and I know who Manuel yeah. Stewart is. And, uh, uh, you know, diehard boxing fans know about it. Um, you know, they had many, many great fighters come out of there. You know, Thomas Hearns being probably the most famous i think um can you have any stories you know about some of maybe the people you bumped shoulders with or met you know along the way when you got to go work out there yeah for sure so um i mean as a kid this is kind of a fun story is my dad started my dad didn't really know how to box well he was just a big strong guy um he'll tell you that but when he started uh basically went to kronk it was just a different uh a whole different level and that helped him to learn a lot. Like if you talk to my dad now, he's very knowledgeable. Whereas before that, he probably wasn't uh, the most knowledgeable on boxing. He was a strong guy, big puncher. But um, 
he used to tell my dad, uh, Manuel Stewart, that is, he'd say, bring your son to me and I'll make him a world champ. And uh, Sugar Hill actually remembered that. So we saw Manuel. We were actually at the Mayweather Cotto fight many years later, obviously. And Manuel said, Oh, this is your boy. He's just very nice and humble. And he said, Same thing, come train with us. Um, so yeah, I, I knew Emmanuel a little bit, not super well. Um, now I've had a pretty good relationship with Sugar Hill. Um, and he's really, I mean, I spent probably like four months with him. Um, and he brought me to a whole new level that that whole crunk background is just so uh, it's, it's honestly amazing the way they drill and just the level of it it's there's no cutting corners it's all the small details and everything um, and that style works really well for me because I do have good feet naturally I actually kind of got away from using them um, as a professional and he's got me back using my feet really well and I think that my punching power went up because just being uh, so balanced, everything's about balance. Um, so I'm really excited for October 22nd just to show all the new stuff that I've learned. And it feels automatic because we just drilled it so long and I got to watch Tyson Fury firsthand. And I mean, that guy's next level and he brought me to a new level um, and just showed me what I should be doing um and now yeah my aspirations i feel like got much bigger just because uh seeing a guy like that every day it made me realize what you need to do and it made me feel like i can go far in the sport um and yeah i'm fully motivated and just really want to keep going so i'm excited to showcase what i've learned yeah i didn't really know the whole story um behind your trip out to the fury camp until you know i listened to the podcast that you were on um What's your buddy's name? Uh, that the yeah. hockey friend, Terrence Johnson. Terrence Johnson. Well, that was a good listen, you know. So thanks uh, to him to ha having you on because I got to listen to that last night and I was like, man, I'm learning a lot about this guy uh, from listening because uh, um, that was really enlightening. Um, I had seen some of your posts and I was like, whoa, <laughs> like he's out there with Tyson Fury, like this is crazy, um, yeah. and I, I thought maybe it was like a one-time deal, you know. And most of the time when you see a guy um posing for a photo like that with a really well-known fighter maybe you get brought in for a brief sparring session or something yeah. and then that's it you know and maybe it's right before the end uh not always i mean sometimes the guys get invited to camps and stuff but i wasn't sure what the situation was and then i started to see more pictures and i was like oh this is cool and uh yeah. it was around the time too when uh you know, I want to say this is prior to him having COVID, right? Because uh, yeah. it was like there was the buildup was coming and it was like, all right, yeah. you know. And I remember there was a video where um, uh, your dad was there too, you know. And I was like, oh, yeah. his dad's there, you know, because yeah. I'm starting to know, you know, you and your dad and stuff from social media. Um, so that was cool. Um, yeah. And then to hear the whole story about it. And um, I'm, I'm sure Brian's going to have a, a bunch of questions, but I just wanted to touch on a story you told on that other podcast uh about the run in the in yeah. the mountains that sounded brutal you know yeah. i think i i sweat when i walk fast but i know you were saying <laughs> that you were running up in the mountains out there and you said you made it about a mile and it felt like it was three you know can you tell us a little bit about that story that's funny yeah for sure and so that first week i was there because i like you said i just imagined i'd be there for a week and then uh it was me my dad my brother um we sparred twice the first week and then 
after that second spar, Tyson said, hey, let's go on a run. Uh, and he said, Saturday morning, 7 a.m. sharp, meet me at the Encore front, and we're going. And uh, I went there, and I, I think he said we were doing like three or four miles. And I was like, oh, okay. Because um, I'd been running a bit. Like, I didn't have a fight or anything. So before I got this call, I was in shape. Um, and luckily, I was in pretty good shape. Um, but you can't really prepare for elevation unless you're like training in that. So when we got up to the mountain, we're, you know, at the bottom kind of getting ready to go, we start running up and it was like myself, uh, Badu Jack, uh, Tyson Fury, Fernando Vargas, Fernando Vargas Jr. Uh, my brother got, he was with as well. Um, and then, uh, Dylan Capitillo was like, a he's 12 years old. He's a little prodigy. Um, but yeah, we ran the mountain and it's Mount Charleston. Uh, it's completely straight up and there's no breaks in that. There's no like flat level down. And we started going and we get to that mile mark and there's no, you don't know it's at a mile, but Badu runs that mountain a lot. Um, and they map it out. So, you know, every checkpoint and he's like, Oh, that's a mile. And I, in my head, I'm thinking that was like three miles. And you don't, you don't have to go very fast pace. It's just to build your legs. Um, but your lungs are going because of the elevation. So all of us, we keep going, we get to three miles and I swore we we're at five. And I didn't even know we were doing five until Badu said like a mile in. I was like, Oh my God. So just tried to kind of go to my happy place, probably at like mile, like probably like three and a half miles, uh, four and a half. That was, I mean, I was feeling it big time to be honest, but finished. Um, Tyson Fury went six miles, he went an extra mile. And uh, yeah, and then at the top, we did abs, push ups, and then we got in his G Wag and he's bringing uh, myself and Hunter down. He's looking at me and he says, What do you think about that? And I was like, It was, it was tough, it was good. And he's like, Yeah, that's what you got to do. And he said, You saw I did the extra mile. And I said, Yeah, that was crazy. And he said, Yeah, you got to show us what time it is. So I don't know if I'm supposed to swear, but that's what he said. Um, yeah, we, we typically don't, but Brian yeah. can edit it. Edit it. Hey, yeah. Just like you barking, Ava. Yeah. Uh, my dog's barking at me. Yeah. 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 She's excited right now. <laughs> like yeah. I said. I no worries. So yeah. And then at that point, Tyson said, how long are you here? And I didn't have a returning flight. So I thought I'd be coming home maybe the next Tuesday, uh, just like a week out there. And then he said, well, Sugar and I would like you to stay. And I said, oh, okay. Um, so basically we, I stayed there in Vegas until the Billy Joe Saunders fight where he went, he went to Texas. My dad and brother left that Tuesday. Uh, I stayed out there by myself and, uh, just kept training. We sparred three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, every week, um, train six days a week. How many and, rounds do you typically spar? Uh, I just did four every time. Cause it, it was myself at that time it was Jeremiah Milton uh johnny rice and that was it um and that was for three weeks they went out to the billy joe saunders fight i stopped at home then i met them out in miami and we were there for i think a couple weeks and then i was in camp when he was preparing for deontay wilder until he had covid um but at that point it was myself uh christian thun ivan ditchko um, jared anderson and fa um and at that point yeah we were sparring getting great rounds in i got to spar uh ivan ditchko who's a two-time bronze medal uh, olympian uh, jared anderson who's obviously an up-and-comer 
Um, and then obviously Tyson as well. And then Spar FA or Christian. Um, but yeah, they're great. They're all great fighters. And I learned a lot. Um, Tyson really took me under his wing and like, cause for me, I, I only have two fights. I'm from Minnesota. Um, yeah. so for me, he, he really liked my feet and, uh, speed and yeah, he, he just, uh, we, we did hard rounds and he liked that I'd like bring it, you know what I mean? So, um, it was great experience and learned so much from him, so much from Sugar Hill. And yeah, again, I, I just look forward to showing my, uh, all the improvements I've made. Absolutely. That's, I mean, that's a once in a lifetime opportunity. I know in yeah. your, uh, in your prior interview that I was talking about with your buddy that you played hockey with, um, you mentioned about, um, how difficult that is, you know, to be away from home and away from your kids. And it makes me think about, uh, Frank Warren, I think on posted on social media, uh, one of Tyson's kids, you know, uh, yeah. looking at a picture of him in Paris, you know, saying, I miss my daddy and I want him home. And that's yeah. gotta be tough being away, you know, for all fighters when you're at camp away from home. Um, yeah. not, not, not the easy life, you know, like you said, you got so much discipline you have to do for everything. Um, in yeah. addition to being away from your loved ones. So that's nice that you're able to do some stuff with your dad and your brother. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. It is, uh, obviously very fun and it's a great experience, but it's very hard too, especially if you have like, have my wife, <laughs> my three kids and they're young. So they're like, Oh, you know, they're FaceTiming me all day. Um, so sometimes that can be like a little bit sad. Then you're like happy for a few days and you're like, Oh my gosh, I miss my family. Um, but it's just sacrifice. Uh, uh, and I honestly use that as motivation too, because I realize why top fighters leave for camps now before I always thought, Oh, if I was a top fighter, I don't think I'd do that, but I would because it's uh just eat, sleep, boxing, repeat, and you get to focus fully. And I understand that you're happy with family, but they're, they are a distraction. So like at the high level they are. And, um, it also puts you in like a different mindset. I felt like it almost makes you like that sacrifice. It, it, uh, it makes you kind of like angry in a way. Like, I feel like I was just like, you know, I just so focused because every day was just very hard. Um, and I love when I train and then you'd kind of be like, okay, like I'm sacrificing this and you, it just kind of brings you to like a next level. I think at least, um, and through that out there, we had signed a contract. I did with hero sports management my brother now has as well and uh which is a huge blessing because i can just train full time and that's brought me to like a whole new level because i i used to i've always worked very hard but when you're working 40 plus hours a week and train on top of it it's hard to really and you don't even realize it but you just aren't getting the same benefits um and i'm also a dad who is very active with my kids so to be honest i didn't realize like how pooped i was but now I feel like great energy, uh, definitely in the best shape I've ever been in. And now that I've been with those guys, I've realized that a lot of coaches and like gyms do it wrong. Um, just the importance of the small things like shadow boxing. Like I, I shadow box for like, I mean, forever, like, like a full 12 round fight probably like before. And then we're doing like rounds on pads, but it's smart work. It's not just fancy, the cute stuff, which is popular these days um hard bag work where you're moving the big 300 pound bag not just looking cute same thing and just uh a lot of jump rope a lot of footwork and 
yeah, I just feel like the small consistencies, it's not necessarily like just, oh, I, I worked hard a few days. It's every day doing the same thing. And it can get repetitive and a bit boring. But to be honest with boxing, I, I love it so much. I don't think I loved any sport, to be honest. Uh, I was good at sports, but with boxing, it doesn't get boring to me. I know some people think that it, it is. They say it or not. Um, but, yeah, I love everything about it. Love sparring. If I could, I'd probably spar every day. But, obviously, that's probably not good for you. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's just a lifestyle. And it's really changed everything for me, uh, that whole trip. Not just because I learned from those guys, but people would watch me spar. And then that is what gave me the ability to sign with Hero Sports. And um, they basically allow me to train and just focus on boxing. Emmanuel yeah. Stewart, you don't you don't get much better than that. What a legendary trainer! Yeah, and, and now Sugar Hill, like you mentioned, uh, just have to soak up every bit of that, right? Yeah, yeah, and I would even after my training, it would just be myself, Sugar, and uh, Tyson for those first three weeks, and I just were just absorbing everything like a sponge. Um, and then when we were done training. If other fighters came in, I got to see Josh Taylor um, sparring and training for his fight. And, I mean, the guy was just amazing. But mm -hmm. I watched everybody spar. Uh, I wanted to learn everything. And I gained so much knowledge from obviously learning from Sugar and Tyson, but also just watching the other fighters around, um, even the guys in the lower divisions where, you know, they're sparring or training and just picked up everything that I could because I realized that that's a very unique situation. And uh, yeah, same thing. I ended up being with him for a few months. So I got to learn a lot, see a lot of different fighters and uh, yeah, just absorbed it all. What, uh, what, what do you make of the trilogy fight here with Fury and Wilder? Oh yeah. yeah. I, I'm super excited. Uh, people always, obviously ask about the big fights like we just had joshua Usyk, so everyone mm -hmm. was like what do you think what do you think and i knew that was gonna be a tough one because Usyk just um sometimes people overplay the size thing and size does matter but sometimes when a guy is a little bit shorter and athletic and has movement that's very awkward for big guys mm -hmm. um and that was proven but with tyson and deontay i mean deontay he just has next level power so it can always mm -hmm. i mean one mistake and he hits you and it can be done mm -hmm. um i do believe that with tyson being heavier i think that's a huge benefit because in that last fight he did take two, a couple i think it was like three clean right hands like the first two rounds and i was kind of like oh man what's going on mm -hmm. um but you could see the difference because he's six nine when you're 255 i think that was his first fight with him i don't mm -hmm. think of that and what people don't know is when you have you're a little bit heavier you do absorb shots better not that you want to but I've noticed that when my weight's up, and Tyson said in camp, he said, when I'm 255, I can get hurt. When I'm 275, you can't hurt me. Mm -hmm. um, and, and there is something to that. And I think that also, um, you know, people think, oh, he got bigger. Is that for power? The biggest thing that I've seen is that his balance, Tyson's balance is so good now. If you used to watch his old fights, he's very tricky, but he's always off balance, which mm -hmm. is fine. He's keeping guys away. But now, with that balance, that's where you get power. And he is punching a lot harder. And he looks completely different, to be honest. Like, before, they only had six weeks with Sugar. 
He's mm-hmm. been with Sugar for like two years. Mm-hmm. So I believe that he does finish Deontay Wilder much quicker, mm-hmm. but it's also a scary fight for anybody. Anybody who fights Deontay, because it takes one shot. So mm-hmm. that, that's what makes it exciting, though, because you can't count Deontay out. But right. I do believe Tyson, because if you look at things like uh, Tyson, people think of him as a slick boxer, but he's very good at coming forward as well, even if he's just like leaning on you, body shots. Um, and I think that the way Deontay's built, he has very thin legs. Um, he's not nearly as heavy. And if a man uses his body, that's very tiring. So I think that if Tyson can kind of do that again, I feel like he will get pretty tired. And I I think there will be a stoppage probably within like six rounds, but we'll see. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, who have you been sparring with? Have you you been uh, getting some good sparring in for this fight coming up? Yeah, I've I've sparred with uh, Raymond Ochin. with uh, Vinny Downland, uh, with my brother, Hunter Warner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, I'll do some sparring with Gavin uh, um, Hendrickson. And uh, he's actually, he's going to fight at middleweight. He walks around like 180. Um, and he makes his debut, I believe, December 4th. And I think I'll be fighting on that one as well. That's at Canterbury. Um, and that will be more like kind of technical work, but it's still good. It, it's been hard because there's not a lot of heavyweights, um, to be honest, to spar. Um, at least right now, I, I, I texted everybody, but not everyone's available, I guess. And uh, usually I spar with Joey Bell a lot. Um, yeah. But I don't want to spar with him too much right now because the guy I'm fighting is a righty. Mm-hmm. And when I sparred with Joey a lot last time, it almost feels weird then all of a sudden like a righty felt a little awkward and I really want to show my jab and uh, kind of all the stuff I've been working on. But I think I might meet with Joey next week just to get hard rounds. But um, at the end of the day, obviously I want to stay kind of with the righties and be able to get used to what I'm going to do rather than kind of do something that's not necessarily going to benefit me, might benefit like my gas tank and uh, kind of push me. But it's also not how I'm going to fight. So, uh, yeah, it's much different. <laughs> mm, yeah. Cool. Well, we're certainly looking forward to that fight um, up in Hinkley. I haven't been to Hinkley in a while, but it's um, you know always a good time going up there. It's a fun atmosphere. And uh, we were just talking about that the other day when we were chatting with Tony Woods. But um, have you uh, gone to any fights up there or um, – curious what you make of uh what you make of Hinkley yeah my first two fights were there so I I fought January 17th was my debut um I actually had the flu that fight so that kind of stunk I had the flu all week and uh basically I tried not to like use any energy and just wait to land that right hand because once I felt how it felt to have those pro gloves on I, I felt like once I did hit him on the chin he'd go down so um, I kind of took it easy, got the win. And then after that, I was like, my adrenaline was gone. I was like super sick, mm. but, uh, I was just happy to get through it. Didn't care. And then I fought, I think it was like March 15th. And that was the first, uh, that was the showtime card up there. Mm-hmm. And it was the first fight where no fans were allowed other than like close family. Mm-hmm. So we had to like 
basically, I think at the way in it, they said no fans. And I, at that time, people didn't really know what was going on with COVID. Um, but yeah, that was interesting. It kind of felt like a glorified, like sparring match. Um, but yeah, I love it up there because my hometown, um, I was originally from Minneapolis, but we had moved when I was like five years old to Pine City. So that's like 12 okay. miles from there. So that feels sure. like home to me. And I think it's a beautiful yeah. venue. And I know that um, we sold a lot of tickets. So I look forward to uh, fighting, obviously, but then enjoying my time the rest of the night with all the people who came to support uh, myself and other fighters. So, yeah. Nice. yeah, it looks like you sold out your uh, allotment of tickets already. So that's good news, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I, I wish I had more, but uh, I told people to contact Tony Woods. So hopefully that helped and we'll have yeah. a bunch of people up there uh we were selling shirts too so hopefully a lot of people have those nice yeah i commented brian he's wearing the the hero shirt on there that's his new management team that he signed with Um, he's selling shirts for for the fight and to represent the team warner now that that's a limited time deal though i think for those t-shirts right (laughs) yeah those are gone i think we're gonna get uh i guess not me but the management team i think they're getting a bunch so we can bring them up there oh nice Um, yeah, but they're really nice quality. So I'm hoping, I hope, yeah, I, I believe that we are going to have more up there. So if people want them, they'll be able to get those. But yeah, I, I know the orders are going out, mm-hmm. I think, next week for the people who did order. And then hopefully we'll have a bunch at the casino as well. What can you mm-hmm. tell us about uh, how you got hooked up with the uh, Hero? Yeah, so basically <clears throat> they had came out and uh, they watched Tyson and I spar. And, um, oh, did I lose you guys? Okay, there we go. Nope, so, ahead. yeah, they came, they came and watched us spar, and uh, they're impressed. It went well, and basically we had talked. Um, they were there for a few days, and I had sparred Tyson again that Friday before we went on that big run, and that went well, too. Um and then they just wanted to basically invest and sign me. And uh, we had kind of said, you know, my brother can fight too. And people will be really surprised by him uh, because he's been boxing for years now, every summer, and he's very skilled. Um, so people will be shocked uh, when they see him because for a lot of people, it seems like it just happened. But, I mean, we've boxed really our whole life and just – now, I mean, he's been sparring, he sparred like Joey Abel and guys for the last few years. So he's uh, he's going to do well. I think he'll probably do one amateur fight. And then from there, he'll turn pro um, and just start building. So, yeah. Yeah, I know I shared a, a clipping of him, an older one, um, from yeah. the Minnesota Wild. And, uh, you know, there was a cool article that I'd seen that you had shared that I, you know, reshared too. Um, I didn't – I was didn't realize i'm like wow uh, number one i didn't realize you had a brother you know i've uh, just seen you know your footage of you out there with fury and i and saw your dad um then uh, i was like oh he's got a brother and I'm like in the wild too i'm like man I'm like this is big to big time <laughs> and the the picture of your brother was pretty badass uh you know yeah. he's like <laughs> bleeding <laughs> like he's been in a fight on the ice in the wild yeah. uniform i'm like all right i'm like so minnesota they can rally behind this guy you know <laughs> yeah yeah, he's a he's a tough kid, but he's not just a tough kid. He can box, and it's kind of is in our blood, to be honest. Like my dad, 
he didn't even know his dad until 10 years ago. His dad was a boxer, we found out. His name's Jimmy Box. Is like our real name supposed to be Box, last name, which oh, is wow. kind of funny. And then my huh. dad's uh my dad's grandpa, uh Nick, he was a bare knuckle boxer. So it's in the blood. Uh my brother Dylan was in the military, served in Iraq, and he'd done two fights before he left in Alaska. They're not sanctioned, so it's like I don't know what it falls under because it's not amateur. It's not pro technically, I don't think, but mm -hmm. it, it actually might be technically pro. I'm not sure because I think they get paid. There's no headgear. I don't know, but mm -hmm. he had two knockouts, so we can all fight. Um, but, yeah, Hunter, he's pretty slick too, so I'm excited for people to see him as well. Wow. So did you play hockey too? Yeah, yeah, I played hockey till I was 20. So I played in the USHL and the NAHL after high school um, for two seasons. Uh -huh. yeah. It must be, it must be, I don't know how many fights you got into on the rink, but it must be frustrating trying to throw punches with those skates on. And <laughs> it's, it's tough. Yeah, it, it's so different because it's not very, like, not very skilled. It's just kind of like yeah, it was tough, yeah. but you can learn little yeah. tricks on how to, like, grab their jersey and kind of push them around um but yeah. I, I had fought i wasn't a fighter <laughs> i was a power forward and mm. i had a good shot good hands but um when i had my first fight i mean i fought in camp before mm. Mm. um i fought actually at the fall classic which is like a highly nhl scouted uh tournament that they have preseason. But then my first fight at home in Waterloo, it's a very cool rink. It's like old school, has a low ceiling and people have cowbells and people are going nuts. There's like I think there's like three to 5,000 people. Um, mm. But I remember I dropped the gloves and it just went nuts. And I was like, I love this. And basically from that point, I, I tried to fight all the time. But a lot of guys, <laughs> when you play hockey, if you want to fight a lot, it doesn't really happen because once you have a few – Everyone ends up fighting, usually in junior hockey, but yeah. once you want to keep doing it, people are like, okay, I don't want to fight that guy because, you know <laughs> what I mean, he's, he's into it. So that was kind of like my brother, too. He fought a lot as a young guy. He actually left high school early and was fighting, like, as a teenager, uh, like 16, 17, and uh, then no one really wants to fight anymore. So starting to get a reputation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe it'll be like, uh, maybe in Hinkley, it'll be like the old Rodney Dangerfield line. I went to the boxing matches and a yeah. hockey game broke out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I went to I the fights, that. I guess. Uh, I kind of messed up that yeah. deal. But yeah. uh, anyway, so what, getting back to Tyson Fury. So what was it like? And I, mean, I don't know, maybe you've already covered this. So forgive me if I'm yeah. um, asking you to repeat yourself, but what was it like? Um, just being in the ring with him and working with him. I mean, was it, were you intimidated at all or? Um... So this is kind of funny because, and I didn't say this in the podcast that you listened to Sean, but we got there the evening before and I was sleeping in a room with my dad and my brother and my dad was snoring all night. I, I didn't sleep <laughs> one hour and I was like, Oh no, like I'm not going to lie in the morning. I was like, Oh my gosh, this might not be good because <laughs> sugar's like yeah we're sparring today um and we start getting ready and i was like oh no and uh for like five minutes i was just kind of thinking oh this isn't good but then i, I thought to myself i was like i actually feel good i didn't feel super tired i was like all right don't be a wuss like 
we're going. And we got to the uh, to top rank, uh, the gym. And I actually felt really good because honestly, days like when you're a boxer, you start lacing your boots, you know if it's going to be a good day. Mm. Uh, so some days you just feel good. And I felt good. I was like, oh, thank God, because I don't want to embarrass myself. So, um, so yeah, I actually, to be honest, even like in fights and sparring, that's what I love. Um, and I honestly don't get like scared. That was a different situation, obviously. Uh, so I was like, you know, for a little bit, I'm like, oh man, it's almost like I want to, uh, I don't want to like not look good in front of like my dad, my brother, obviously Tyson, Sugar. Um, but then I just enjoyed it. I was like, this is, who cares? Honestly, that's why I felt like, who cares? And I, I felt very confident uh, warming up and I was like, oh man, this is going to be good. And Tyson walked in, he's got a Versace robe, he's got a big chain on, and he comes over to me, and I was like, I was honestly, oh my god, that's him. And uh, it was exciting, but I thought he was going to be, like, nice and funny. He came in stone cold, dead serious, gave us knocks like that, didn't even look at us in the face, and I was like, okay, this is going to be serious. So, uh, yeah, I got, I got nice and warm, and uh, we had boxed and did four rounds, and they were great rounds, and then he was really nice after <laughs> and uh i could tell that he liked the work we did which was like very awesome uh sugar hill did too and uh then the next day just myself tyson and sugar trained and that wasn't sparring uh, but it was just like two hours long and we worked very hard but tyson was kind of the same thing not too he's just very serious and when you mm -hmm. see him on you know the social media or television He's a character and he does have yeah. that, but yeah. starting out, you know, he's testing me a little bit. And then the Friday we sparred again. And then after that, um, things kind of opened up. We had a picture where he was like kissing me on the cheek and uh, just a really nice guy, very humble actually in person. Mm -hmm. And he'll have fun. Like when he sees, you know, he'd yell, Oh, Hey Colton, he's excited. But when he works, it's just, he gets serious. Mm -hmm. And there will be moments where in sparring, he works on those things where, say, maybe he maybe puts the hands down, moves the shoulders, uh, mm -hmm. has guys throw at him. He, he's very confident. Mm -hmm. he's, he honestly looks even better in person. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, he – I mean, it was the most amazing experience for me ever. And it's changed me forever. Now my boxing is just a different level for sure. Mm -hmm. And even amazing. my conditioning, because I saw how hard he trains, it's like – he was the hardest worker to me. I saw a lot of like even world champions. I'm not going to say names, but like welterweight, stuff like that. Like he's the kind of guy who's going to outdo everybody. And I thought that was pretty amazing for being a 6'9", 275 pound guy. Mm -hmm. uh, just to see that work ethic really like was inspiring to me because it made me realize how hard you do have to work to be successful in this sport. And um, I know I'm not fighting at that level, but I feel like you got to treat it that way because I don't ever want to, I, I love this sport a lot and I, I'd like to go as far as I can. So I don't want to let take anybody lightly because I've seen even Olympians, they come into the sport, they get knocked out or things like mm -hmm. that. So I just respect every man and um, I'm going to take everything that I learned and use it going forward. 
Yeah, he's uh, Fury's really hard to hit. It looks like from just watching his fights. Did you? Yeah. Were you able to connect with him in sparring, or how does that? Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, I don't think he would have kept me around if I couldn't, because he is the kind of guy like he wants to spar hard. Yeah. Um, he doesn't do. He was sparring. I mean, he's like honestly, he's like next level. He's sparring Monday. We're sparring Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and. Mm. Um, he did that for a while and then uh yeah i mean he he works hard he wants to spar hard if you're not mm -hmm. sparring hard he's not gonna want you to be there even so sure. um yeah he wants the best he's not afraid of getting hit he'll practice things mm -hmm. and yeah yeah it was really good yeah it's Ooh, interesting you, you mentioned how he came in with the the Versace robe and stuff. And I remember seeing a picture of Sugar Hill in a robe too. I think, I think Tyson yeah. was wearing the gold one and Sugar Hill had like a blue one on. And I was like, man, this is awesome. I'm like, these guys yeah. are just living it up, you know, like he, they have yeah. such a cool looking relationship. And then there was a, a video where um, I can't remember if your dad was in it, but I, I remember Stitch was in it. Um, and uh, Sugar Hill was there, I think, and and Tyson, and they're like they were like getting psyched. It was like ACDC was playing or something. They're Hilarious. just like they're playing air yeah. guitar and air drums and stuff. And I was like, yeah. man, this is cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're like Jorge Capitillo, uh is this an amazing man? Um, that's that was his cut man. Sugar Hill's an amazing man, and uh, Stitches too. Uh, yeah, Stitch, Stitch stopped it here and there, and the like energy they have. They're very nice, humble guys, and they're very successful. So that's cool to see. Um, but all of them, so like Sugar Capitillo, um, obviously Tyson, are so serious in training. Mm -hmm. And Sugar Hill's the kind of guy. Like I don't get to just touch the bag. Like there's no like you'll see like guys all over Instagram. They're just like touching the bag like trying to look cute like no it's like you're dialed all the time and your feet are always dialed if you make one mistake it doesn't matter if you're myself Tyson Fury um Ivan Ditchko those are only three heavyweights he was working with as far as like training the other guys we'd bring in for sparring but uh you're not allowed any mess up so it's like that's what made me so much better I started realizing like oh I'm kind of off balance like a lot or maybe I'm not on my toes as much as I should be um and he like won't give you a gimme like you don't get to like hit the bag like he'll critique you right on the spot and you're like oh damn like so that made me realize i was like okay there is no um because you'll see guys and what i noticed too we we're spot when we were shadow box and that it was uh sean porter andre durrell uh, julian williams fury uh my friend ahmed albiali and when we're all shadow boxing in the ring, um, uh, everyone was just very sharp throughout the round. Like they're like fighting the opponent. Uh, you'll see at gyms like locally or even honestly everywhere where people are kind of just doing it as a warm up, kind of light, but it, it's very serious. And um, I just realized that there's no moment that you want off because if you practice that way, you're going to have moments in the fight. And now what that's the biggest thing that's changed for me I'd say I'm back on my toes, balance is better, and that mm. there's no time off anymore. Mm. If you're taking a break, I'm going to get on your – I'm sorry, I almost swore. I'm going to get on you right away, <laughs> and I'm not going to let you breathe. Uh, but I'll, I'm not just going to come forward with my hands up. I can move. So um, mm. 
but just seeing how like how dedicated those guys are and how much they take the small technical things that you need to do in boxing where a lot of people forget about that they start to think like i'm just going to do this flashy stuff and you know i'll call it a day but every day now and i'm doing that with my brother is we're just drilling basics non-stop two hours a day we box we run every day uh we lift twice a week and yeah so we're basically taking everything that tyson does where are you uh and your brother and your pops you know where are you guys all working out from yeah uh, we go to minnesota top team uh every day and then we do have a gym being made um at uh, hero sports which is in Eden prairie so that would be done i believe probably early november um so that's wow something your own really gym there about. that'll be sweet yeah yeah it's gonna be nice too often by the end but uh yeah we're, we're excited i know we're gonna fly some guys in for sparring too for the next one once we have our own gym so yeah it'll be nice uh i think sugar hill will be out to see it capitillo um i think we're gonna have jamar tally that the olympian and then uh, like christian son ahmed al biali um just because i want to make sure i want to make that our home and have people come to us so we're not always going to vegas or florida and uh make it comfortable so that people you know want to come enjoy it and it's going to be a beautiful gym and yeah i honestly can't wait i think it's done probably late october early november so yeah wow. it's hey, exciting stuff that's very, very exciting yeah sugar hill huh i mean that guy as far as i'm concerned trainer of the year for what he did working with fury for that second fight um yeah that's really cool we'd like to have him on the show sometime wouldn't we sean yeah. yeah, well, if if they uh, if they have him at the gym when they launch, then maybe we'll get to say hello. Yeah, that'd be amazing. And I, I I think uh, yeah, if he's out here, I'm sure that's something to do. I know he's I know he's uh, I was hoping he'd be at my fight, but he's actually training Muhammad Ali's grandson uh, oh, Nico, right and he fights know. the 23rd. Oh wow. Um, Flava Flav's godson, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't I, I didn't know that, but yeah, I didn't he, know I it either. It. I saw I was like, what? That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, what the hell is he doing there? But that was really that's kind of cool. Um yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of the music connection, Tyson has been known to sing uh quite a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah like sing to be saying after the fight to his wife uh and it looks like he really enjoys it i've seen him singing in the you know in training um in particular i want to say he was singing like a van morris and uh brown eyed girl or something um oh. did he do any of that while you were out there um with him in vegas tyson loves his music he wants to bump it every day and uh yeah he loves to sing and dance so like before training he might do it over a second, but he's usually like right there warming up and getting his hands wrapped. There's not a lot of playing around before. Um, and once we were like, you know, after we're done training, you know, he might dance the music a little, but at the same time, he's, he's so professional and focused that he's like getting with his, uh, his like strength coach doing like a cool down stretching. And then he's off to get his meal. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, you see moments where he's like dancing and singing 
and he knows like the words to every song <laughs> and he'll like dance in the ring a little and yeah he's he's a character for sure but he's also very serious like more serious than i thought he'd be mm-hmm. and some of the times i used to think he was kind of joking when he says things like when he's getting maybe like a little aggressive things like, he's serious like he, he's also a guy who uh take boxing away he's a very good fighter as well like he's a he knows what he's talking about um he's very serious so other than uh you know we talked about tyson quite a bit but and it sounds like you've taken some things from him and been able to you know uh take them back here and use them in your own camp um but how does it typically go you know you said you got your dad and your brother and stuff but um you know, you're talking about how Fury's uh, likes to bump the music and dance around a little bit. Like, you know, what is your kind of the atmosphere in your training camp? Yeah, I'm going to be honest for myself. <laughs> Just because also with Sugar, everything is rhythm. So we'd have the music up and we're, that helps you kind of with your rhythm. Being a rhythm fighter, a lot of the old school fighters fought in rhythm. Like, look at all the guys, they would move. There'd be more fans. Their feet were better. Fighting's kind of changed. I think a lot of guys mimic like Floyd Mayweather. But Floyd is a little more flat-footed. Obviously, he's extremely skilled, but not everyone can do what Floyd did. Or you know, so um, for me, I mean, honestly, I've taken so many things. Even the warm-up that we used to do, I do that every day. Uh, I I took everything that he did, and I was like, this is what we need. This is what we need at our gym. And I'm going to do the exact same stuff because it works and it's made me, I I honestly think I'm 10 times as a fighter for sure. Um, My first two fights, I was actually like, I didn't box for three years. So my body, I literally started training for like two months. I had won like the golden gloves, the upper Midwest, and I was going to turn professional, basically didn't. Um, I was a single dad with my two daughters Um, when I'm, got with my wife my current wife um she really pushed me to start boxing i was heavy i I was like 275 so she's like oh i know you love boxing and she was like you need to you need to pursue that because you'll regret it forever and i said "Ah, i'm okay because i was i was okay like i had a good job uh i love my family very much i don't need a lot so i was okay but when i started boxing again i was like oh man like i i don't know if i'll be able to get in shape like that again um, but then I did, and I, I got to like 255. I think my first two fights were like around that weight, but my body still had to transition more into like a boxing body again. And I feel like I'm just to that now. So, um, yeah, as far as the camp, though, same stuff. I mean, we're in there every day, two hours. I make sure to take my time. I warm up, shadow box a bunch. Um, obviously, a lot of mitt work, um, heavy bag work, and I just, try to always make sure that I'm just on point. Um, like sugar's there. He's like, lives in my head now, rent free. Like <laughs> now I know, like in my head, I'm always thinking, okay, nope, no time off. Um, and I always switch my rhythm. So that's like with the music, it's just, the, it helps to practice switching your rhythms, uh, different attacks and kind of how you approach things. Um, you got any yeah. favorites uh, or, or favorite types of music anyway, if not favorite artists? Yeah, so for me, I like all kind of music, and it's kind of funny because even like out in Vegas, so does Tyson. So like he'll he'll play stuff like like Patsy Cline or like 
has Elvis Presley on, but then he has like, uh, you know, maybe some hip hop and then all of a sudden there's pop music, but he likes stuff you can move to. So really anything I can move to, um, I wouldn't say that I honestly even listen to a lot of music outside the boxing gym, but when we're in there, I want it cranked up um, just because I, I think it helps uh, just to enjoy yourself, stay loose, work different rhythms. Um, yeah, I, I think it's beneficial. I know some people think it's not because they say, well, there's no, there's no music in the, in the ring. True. But if you practice with that, I feel like you get those rhythms down in your head and you can switch it up and you can start to kind of hear that even if it's not going. And uh, that helps. If people approach every, every faint, all your footwork's always the same, you're pretty easy to box, to be honest. So, um, yeah, we like to keep it fun and just work hard. Nice. So when do you actually go up? I mean, Hinkley's not exactly far away, you know? So like with no. most fighters, like you'd have to get there early and all that kind of stuff for weigh-ins. I mean, do you just, what, just drive up the day before and do weigh-in or how's yeah, that going to work? <laughs> yeah, I just drive up for the weigh-in and then that's it. I'll sleep up there um, and then just get ready to fight. Right on, right on. So do you, do you know uh, if you're going to be like where you are on the card or? <laughs> I don't know. I think I saw, then I don't know if that's what it is, but I saw like the article and they kind of placed the fight and I thought it was in order. So I don't know if I'm like the fourth or something. Um, okay. I'm not sure, but I, I hope it's not too early. Cause I know like my first fight, I was like, had like no time to warm up i was like what like uh <laughs> but now i'm prepared i mean it's just like learning experiences you don't really know what to expect as a professional and um you definitely want to be warm when you go in the ring and i wasn't especially being sick but um maybe it was a blessing because maybe i didn't even have enough of my gas tank to uh to warm up so <laughs> but uh yeah i don't know i i just uh i'm excited we'll get up there do the weigh-in and then hopefully eat a bunch of food and then get some sleep, eat a bunch of food the next day. Uh, I'm a heavyweight. So, uh, I mean, I was joking food. with Tony. <laughs> we, we interviewed Tony Woods yesterday and I said, yeah, you're going to be in the perfect place to, to rehydrate the buffet. <laughs> you know, and, and he says, no, no, he's going to keep it clean, but he fights a uh, super middle. So he's a little bit you know, lighter, but <laughs> yeah, that's a, I'm not worried about keeping it clean. I might have like three pizzas and like, a bunch of pop or something i don't know well that's the nice thing about that's one of the nice things about the uh casino guys is you can just go up there and walk into the, the actual casino and grab yourself a free pop or coffee or whatever oh so. i love it i love it up yeah. there and, and that buffet is amazing i grew up mm -hmm. right like i said pine city which is very close so we mm -hmm. went to that buffet that was like the memories of my family going out to eat because there's nothing to eat in pine city other than like mcdonald's and w that was kind of like our dinner uh, like our you know night out so we'd go get like crab legs things like that so oh, yeah, yeah nice. the, everything 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 about the grand casino i love because it brings back a lot of memories for me well sean and i have been pretty lucky uh we've uh, going to the armory we've covered some fights there and they put on a pretty good spread for those pbc shows there they had some uh brisket and uh ch chicken and all kinds of just really good 
uh, <laughs> good food. I think uh, they didn't even, tell me there was going to be food, and then it was like the best food ever. And I'm like, why yeah. am I full? This isn't fair. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's kind of cool like, getting in line, you know, getting in line for some pasta or, you know, some pizza or something and waiting there, you know, behind Boom Boom Mancini or Lennox Lewis or something. And like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> boom Boom. He's not doing much uh, TV work for PBC anymore, I guess. But, uh, you know, so well, one of my, he was one of my heroes. So, you know, I grew up watching him fight on, on TV. So. You're talking about Lennox? No, no, well, Lennox too, boom. but but Boom Boom, man, yeah, back in yeah. the day, you know, I'm I'm old enough, you know, I remember, you know, I'm about his age actually. So yeah. he used to fight on on uh, that CBS Sports Saturday on Brenton Musburger and Gil Clancy, and uh, man, that was he was he was quite a quite an attraction on TV, and you talk about an all action fighter. Yeah, he was fun. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's honestly all we watch is old fights because a lot of the new style um fight fighting's like changed a bit to me it almost seems like it's like a lot of people think of it as like strength and conditioning things like that but you watch the old fighters like i feel like everyone was dangerous like everyone had power different things like that and i think it's because they were so fluent so i love watching the old fights like i watch all the way back to like willie pep like i like guys who can move a little bit um and i'm a student like i watch my wife's honestly probably annoyed every damn day because that's all i watch i don't really have a lot of hobbies or watch other sports but like boxing is addicting to me mm -hmm. so we'll watch old footage and she's sitting there looking at me like oh man you're like mm -hmm. thank god she loves me because oh uh, man some of those old some I of think the old just about every roots, boxing like, fan says that yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking of, of Tony Tuton versus Joe Lewis when, because, uh, yeah. you know, people don't think of uh, Lewis or, sorry, of uh, Galento as being in shape, you know, with the name Tuton, but compared to some guys, you know, <laughs> he's not that out of shape. And he was tough and he was a good fighter. Um, Lewis lifted him clean off the canvas. So I think it was, he said he was like the only guy he really wanted to hurt, I think. Um, you know, yeah. I think Galento just, I'll murder the bum, right? I think <laughs> I think uh, uh, Bert Bert Sugar said about you mentioned uh, when uh, Lewis practically lifted him off the canvas. Uh, Bert Sugar said you could have counted to ten before you even hit the canvas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Joe Lewis, he was he dangerous, was. and I, I like watching the old heavyweights too because now heavyweights, I know it's a different game and it's a lot bigger, a lot bigger guys. Mm -hmm. I think that boxing looks clean when you're not like too muscle bound or maybe have too much fat but uh when you watch those old guys they were just all in shape and they could go forever they could fight like 20 rounds mm -hmm. and that's something that i love and that's kind of what i liked about tyson too i was like this guy can go forever so mm -hmm. uh that's like something i'm like i want to have a gas tank that i can fight all day so that's i mean we train really hard but uh it's just like simple things too, like using your feet a lot in the shot, like old school, the trainers, they weren't doing mitts all the time. They'd be sitting there smoking cigars and telling you what to do. And you were doing a lot of jump rope. You're doing a lot of shadow boxing. Um, and those old fighters were just, I don't know. I love, I even like, like watching like Rocky Marciano. Um, I know people say like, some people think he wasn't as skilled, but to have a guy who wasn't very big and he punched like a mule 
he lived he lived a very disciplined lifestyle like he had like a strict diet i don't think he drank alcohol and uh i don't know i i just take stuff from every fighter and uh yeah those old fighters i feel like they were a little bit different than they are now well you said the mentality of tyson when he said he had went went that extra mile when everyone else stopped you know and yeah. to me that's like marciano because he knew he wasn't going to be bigger than anyone else and he said he knew he had to train harder than anybody else yeah you know yeah. um and, but to see the guy who's at the top of the game do that and like to me I'm like, okay, I want to be somebody and I'm a nobody. So that's what I got to do. So everything he did, I'm like, I'm, I'm literally copying everything he does. Uh, it's like schedule, how he trains. Um, and it did make me realize because I was around those guys. And what I started thinking when I had doubt, like that first day I went into sparring where I was like, I didn't sleep. I, I tried to nip that in the butt quick because I realized I'm going to spar no matter what. So that negative thinking isn't going to help me. It's gonna hurt if you go into the ring and you're not confident. And if I if I was scared like that, I wouldn't do the sport because to be honest, like I see people get like very anxious. I wouldn't want to do that. I just do it because I love it. But um, I also thought to myself, like every man, two arms. I know people say this: two arms, two legs. He's just a man. That's how you got to think about it. And like if I wasn't good enough, then I was gonna find out, and that's that's okay. Um, but I just wanted to enjoy the moment because I realized that that was special. Like if I was there for a week, I would have been thrilled. And maybe I'd realize, Oh, maybe I'm not good enough, but it gave me a lot of confidence because I could box with them and other good guys. And, uh, yeah, I just, uh, but the first time I did spawn, I looked across the ring and I'm like, Holy shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> I could, like it's kind of weird to see them to be honest, but, um, that goes away after the first one. And then you just, you know, you, you start to realize that, um, if you put too much uh, people like on a pedestal, mm -hmm. I think that that sometimes like people do that too much. You'll see in fights that people respect people too much. And if you respect someone too much, <clears throat> that was kind of like with Wilder too. I used to think, why don't people like get in close and like mm -hmm. bang the body? He's got like a very lean, you know, he's very ripped and like he's got skinny legs, but people are so respectful and like i don't want that right hand i don't want to be in his yeah. mid-range or i'd rather get up in his chest and start working look guys like joel frazier and stuff like that old school they'd get in and like ernie shavers but uh yeah. no one would do that so i thought when tyson went forward even in that 12th round i was like oh my god he's gonna knock him out like that's brilliant like people need to push get your head in their chest and like grind it out so yeah. You talk about how people can't go in there and put someone on a pedestal or be intimidated. The first thing I think of is Buster Douglas when he went yeah. Mike Tyson. Yeah. I watched that fight live as it happened. And, uh, you know, I almost passed on it because I thought, oh, Tyson, you know, it's going to not, yeah. it's not gonna be a very good fight. But I thought, oh, you know, I'll, I'll check it out. And, you know, amazing. What a performance. And then, but then you talk about how you have to, work hard and stay on top to stay on top is arguably even harder and in his next yeah. fight D douglas got knocked out by evander holyfield so yeah that and that fight people i feel like tyson almost discredits some of his uh opponents who beat him and kind of would put it on more himself like oh i was partying things like that mm -hmm. maybe so but with buster i mean i was like i don't care who he fought that night i think he was gonna be in he's gonna put up a great fight any with anyone that night and uh tyson can say whatever he wants but i also do believe that 
people get this. They, even like Conor McGregor, like people couldn't touch him for like two years. Mm. And now he's not winning any fights. I, I just think that people, there's this like, uh, this presence and mm. people like buy into it too much. And then when you yeah. realize, oh, that's just another man, and you're all of a sudden, oh my God, I can, I can punch around, him. I can hit him. Around the row, uh, yeah. 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 And it's, it's happened a lot, but. And I think that's true, you know, and I have all the respect in the world for Canelo. I think he's great and he deserves to be up there one or two in pound for pound, for pound rankings. But I think Caleb Plant's going to give him a good fight and a tough fight. And I think as long as he's not intimidated, like some of those other guys, and he, if he boxes and uses his skills, you know, I think a lot of people are counting him out, but I think he can give Canelo a tough fight. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's foolish to count him all because, I mean, he's bigger than him. And really with Canelo, I don't feel like the size is something that's going to be like the benefit just because he's so strong and he is a great counter. But Caleb's very awkward too when he wants – like, I mean, he moves constantly. I think Canelo, a style where you're maybe more in front of him, is obviously going to make him look like an all-star. Uh, but I think if, like, Caleb constantly switches, like, uh the height of like is you know where his punches are coming from and constantly lateral move uh that could be difficult for canelo um i i could honestly see that fight going any any way but with canelo it's also hard because right now he does he almost has a thing about him where i'm like god i mean i don't know if you saw when he fought callum smith but callum smith had a welt on his arm it looked like a softball and I was yeah. thinking, oh my gosh, like, are you, yeah, he like, like ruptured his bicep. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. was, that was crazy. And I, I mean, and I, like, if you saw the face off when Canelo counters him with two slaps, yeah. I was thinking that guy is sharp. Cause like, I mm. mean, but they're, I, I don't know, that, that's a great fight. And if people count Caleb out, I think that's not wise because he's got a lot of skills, but also, Canelo kind of has that thing right now where like can't, I can't like see anybody beating him, so mm. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. It'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah for me, I, I always say I'll never vote or or you know go against Canelo. Sort of like when Mayweather was around, but you know I might want him to lose, but I'm not. You know, if someone asks me who <laughs> I'm picking, I'm yeah. not going against him. I'm like, you know, uh, I didn't want Mayweather to win, but I'm never going against him. with Canelo in this one. I kind of want Plant to win. Um, yeah. as much as I like Canelo, um, it seems like plants got under his skin a little bit, you know, and that, yeah. uh, and the face off mm -hmm. and everything. And I'm like, all right. I'm like, this could yeah. be really interesting, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. I, uh, I have this thing where I love to root for the underdog. So, mm -hmm. so like a lot of fights, it's not, I'm not too emotionally invested in a lot of them. Some of them I will. And I'll be like, Oh man, like, but I love the underdog. So for me, I would love for plant to win. Not because I don't like Canelo either, but I just yeah, get so yeah, happy yeah. for guys. It's like, Oh wow. They did it. Like, that's amazing. It's nice. Like even you say, like, I, I honestly thought Joshua was going to win. We had people at our house. My dad and I thought Joshua, the two guys who didn't know anything about boxing picked Usyk and they're right. And they're rubbing it in. <laughs> but I was like, but, but I was happy for Usyk because that's, it's amazing. But, uh, they're both great fighters, obviously, but that when is that fight? The uh, uh, Canelo and Plant. November, uh, that's November. I want to say twenty second, but I can't remember. Is it? Oh, is it earlier? I think it's like a week after Jamal's fight. I think it's like the oh, yeah, first week in November. So, um, that'll be exciting. 
Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, Caleb Plant, he's kind of like, you know, I've met him a few times at some of the Armory shows, and uh, he's he seems like he's a little bit like uh, you described Tyson Fury, you know, and the one, the public image is this kind of boastful and, you know. Yeah. Fury's maybe a little more of a jokester, but you meet him yeah. in person, he's a, a nice guy, and, um, you know, well, you know, I, I think it's one of these things where they they flip the switch on and off, right? You know when yeah. to be serious. You know when to be promote the fight. You know when to be uh, kind of a clown. I don't know. Yeah, I, I like that you said that because that was something that um, there was like guys that I had met and realized that a lot of it. I mean, they're serious when it's the fight, but the fighters are so humble. Mm-hmm. Like the the top level guys, a lot of them. Like I was kind of surprised um how they'd like just come up to me because like i said like i'm I'm a nobody like and uh just very humble and like they treat people uh, just like you're one of them and that's like world champions everything and i was like wow this is like pretty cool absolutely uh, where like I, I come from hockey and i feel like some hockey players are even like a little more like standoffish maybe say you ran into like nhl player mm-hmm. but the boxers seem to have like this uh different kind of like respect and humbleness about them which i think is really cool but then also i like that uh, i do like fighters who can like sell a fight and you know put on when it's needed but also be a good person outside of that yeah i don't think i really like trash talking too much i mean the face-offs kind of get ridiculous sometimes like especially when it was like sitting at the table like with max kellerman what was doing the face-offs yeah. you know it, that could get a little ridiculous sometimes and you hate to see anyone get hurt before a fight you know when i'm glad yeah. that plants cut seems like it's going to be fine but the thing that i thought was interesting about this one was i didn't think plant was just you know talking trash i thought it was what he was saying um was actually legit and it was getting under under canelo's skin like when he was talking about the the drug test thing or whatever and then later um when he's posting the videos and stuff about how canelo he's like uh saying you're talking about my mom and he's like no he's like and he's like you use that word too and then he's posts videos of what he said it to boo boo andre (laughs) and i think it was daniel jacobs fight too where he said it in spanish he called him an he says it it all the time yeah and i was just like you know i'm like good for plant for being like come on man and like the video doesn't lie that's one thing with social media there it's like he gets to call him out so i'm sure canelo doesn't like that he's being made to look a little foolish there yeah. yeah yeah i don't think plant will be intimidated by him i, that's, I don't either you know, and that's i don't know but we'll see we'll see how it happens we'll see what happens yeah but um like i said i don't vote against canelo i'm still going with canelo even though if plant wins i'm going to be cheering <laughs> yeah no that that's smart money i mean even if canelo <clears throat> does win i'm not going to be mad about that either like but no you got to be happy when a guy like who's not supposed to do it and does it because that i don't know for me i guess everyone's different but the underdog is the best like yeah when they win that fight i'm just so pumped like you sick the other weekend whereas if joshua the one it's just business as usual but you crying in the ring Mm -hmm. you know extremely excited you get to hear that it was also his wedding anniversary it was just a cool story so you got to appreciate that he's like yeah i love you've seen some of those youtube videos of 
Usyk's funniest moments and all that stuff. He's just a oh yeah. The yeah. gifs yeah. and stuff are funny too. I think the most famous one is the one where he pops up behind Bob Arum. You know, Bob's doing a like an in-ring post-fight interview or something with somebody, and all of a sudden here comes Usyk, like, eh? like <laughs> just looking all <laughs> wide-eyed and goofy. <laughs> There's something about him that's like goofy and funny and he seems like a, like a nice like kind man but then yeah. there's like this little thing where he's like scary like he's got this like you know what <laughs> i mean like this menace like he, he, i don't know i just love it. he's got like the mustache he kind of mm. has these eyes that are just like yeah, piercing. but then he's like a nice guy he's just he's a yeah. if he was american he'd probably be even be a lot more popular um yeah. just because i feel like he is a character but since there's obviously a different language and language barrier it's just uh maybe not as people as many people know about him but he's like a guy that like he should get all the respect and hopefully people like really continue to get behind him because he's a great fighter and oh, yeah. he's, he's a problem for a lot of heavyweights i don't think he's like a problem for tyson um just because i think tyson is too big and slick too but like mm-hmm. a lot of the guys like he's a nightmare to fight how do you mm-hmm. find them? Like great head movement, great feet, southpaw. Mm-hmm. You, you have to like a guy. Too. He's patient. He just waits for you know. He doesn't. Uh, you know, he doesn't. He's not careless at all. He's like you said, just a real. I kind of felt like that's exactly uh, mm-hmm. what what I saw too. Like Roy Jones was making comments about AJ during the fight where he was saying like that he wasn't doing something right. And, you know, maybe moving his feet and then he'd be like there, he did it there. Like, Oh, he's learning now. And he'd make it sound like he was correcting and that he was adjusting. And to me, it didn't really seem like AJ was adjusting. It was just uh, that Usyk was just that good. He was, he was patient. Like you said, Brian, and he was waiting. And when he didn't do it, he made him pay for it. Yeah. I, I was actually, I thought it was very odd to see how much Joshua couldn't adjust because if you look at the Ruiz, like the Ruiz two fight, you saw a guy who could box and he had great lateral movement, Joshua, but it was very cautious. Like just not trying to get any massive shots. He was staying at bay. And then you see him against Pula and he was like, all of a sudden he's kind of got his hands more open. Like a Vander used to do that. He'd hop and go like this, mm-hmm. but he was almost even more on his back foot than Anthony Joshua was. And he was like this. And he would like he almost finished on I forgot what round it was pretty early and didn't follow up on it and then didn't or he did but they didn't follow up the next round. I feel like he's like stuck between styles, but then again and the, against the Usyk fight, all of a sudden he's 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 so focused on having this hand glued here that I feel like it hindered his movement because I'm gonna be honest like obviously every if you go to any boxing they say get your hands up. I understand that, but when you're a heavyweight, a lot of times your hands tend to go a little bit lower because you're a little bit, you got muscle, you got meat in the way. And if you go like this, you can't throw a punch. Whereas like when you're a little bit lankier, so like for me, like it should be here and pop it out. But uh, I thought it was weird that he didn't switch it up because he is a guy that I feel like if he opens up on you and starts throwing combos, that's hard to take. And I saw moments where uh, he had hit, uh sick with right hand and it looked like i believe that it hurt him like a couple times and didn't follow up at all and then i saw him in the last couple rounds he had grabbed the back of his head hit him yeah. and to me i was thinking he should have been trying to use some rough house tactics much earlier because when you're that big and strong like and you're fighting a guy who's only 220 that that is a small heavyweight 
trust me, a guy with who's two twenty. To me, the division, like, I don't want to say that because I'm actually a UC fan, but like two forty and up, it's just different how you, your power and how you can take punishment. I don't believe even watching Usyk fight Chisora, that looked like and Chisora is like obviously he always brings a fight, but he's not the most skilled guy, and it, that looked like hell for Usyk. I thought, but Usyk hurt him in that, so Usyk has decent pop. I thought he hurt Chisora, and uh, with Joshua though. Even I think he hurt him to the body, but it looks like he might be scared to ever have what happened against Andy Ruiz in the first fight happen again. Mm-hmm. And I think he also has too many people around him telling him how good of a boxer he is and maybe not sparring hard enough because to me it looked mm-hmm. like a guy who was not confident in making adjustments, maybe putting himself a little bit in harm's way to get the W. Because to me, mm-hmm. like, he got his head boxed off all night. I don't know how you guys saw it, but to me, I was like, oh, oh yeah. six really bringing it to him. And Joshua, to me, actually looked like a novice. And uh, not that he's like, oh, he, looked, he was so bad. But I'm saying, like, some of this stuff, he just looks so focused on, like, oh, I want my hands out, straight back. Mm-hmm. Like, it looked like he was, like, touching him, which was weird to me. Um, yeah, and Roy Jones seemed like, and not to criticize Roy, one of the best ever, you know, uh, but yeah. he, uh, he was – commenting that like it was a good thing and to a certain degree it can be i mean if you're mixing up the power of your punches so that you can land the big one you know throw some soft ones to try and yeah. find the openings oh yeah or you know or whatever and then then you hit them or just to try and lull them in so that they think yeah. oh this is this is nothing serious here and That's then you it. hit them you know well, what, I, what, what, what i think of when i see that that is like yeah for sure but like larry holmes used to literally have his hand open that's what all he did and he just snap it pop fast oh, yeah. like to, to me yeah. it's like put you still put that shot out there yeah. for like respect and to look like it's something i don't think you like necessarily go slow especially with a guy who's yeah. probably got the speed advantage he's quick like yeah. for me it was just that was kind of weird but uh i don't know i holmes had a great jab and you, you're right uh, i watched him in his prime too you know i'm old i remember i watched yeah. all these guys but, you know, Sean, you made a good point, too, about I remember, you know, kind of lulling him in, lulling him to sleep. That can be effective because George yeah. Foreman did that to Michael Moore, you know, kind of these three-quarter yeah. jabs, and then all of a sudden, boom, the right hand. Knocked yeah. him out. But there's no reason why, you know, Teddy Atlas made the observation that, you know, Joshua should have just had more pop in his jab. He was just kind of yeah. pushing the jab and, you know. Yeah, because you don't want to push, you want to snap it. It doesn't have to yeah. necessarily be like a power, a Foreman jab every time where he pops in. Like Foreman would sometimes touch him out, drop mm-hmm. the right hand behind it. And I just thought it was weird that there was none of that. It was like, mm-hmm. even his right hands, I feel like he could have, even when he did land and hurt him, a lot of times they were like a slower right hand. And Joshua is a very fast guy. So uh, I don't know. I, I thought that was a little weird. Like I almost, like if he would have had his hands a bit higher at times and then like maybe up jab, just switch it up because for me like if you're the taller man and you're fighting a southpaw i always want my hand above your hand so if anything i'm gonna put my body more sideways i'm gonna knock down your your lead right and boom pop my right so i just thought it was weird that he was like because he to me he was fighting too short uh joshua because when you do this that allows them to come in pretty – because his hands were, like, up here, where I think it should have been, like, Lennox Lewis. Like, Lennox would have his out, and he could pop his jab and then come up underneath. 
and that allow us to keep that distance. I, I, I yeah. So the game plan for me was weird, but uh, I think Josh will make adjustments and it'll be a much more competitive fight. But I still think Usyk has his number, so we'll see though. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, Usyk was busted up for for the even though he put on a clinic, you know, a boxing yeah. clinic. Um, he definitely took some took some shots. That cut looked pretty gnarly up on his eyebrow. Oh, yeah. I'd, ra- I'd but, rather have Joshua's face than his after that. <laughs> Russ, Russ Amber uh, in his corner, man. Talk about a guy who's in every corner, it seems like, everywhere. <laughs> the guy just – everywhere you look, Russ Amber is in a corner. It's uh, pretty amazing. Yeah. I told him afterwards on Twitter, I said, man, I said, my dad and I think you're, like, one of the hardest working guys in boxing because he's just everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. And great gloves, too. Um, speaking of gloves, do you have a – preference for gloves for when you're training or when you're fighting uh, yeah as far as I brand train, goes yeah for training i have uh winning and everlast um i like the everlast power locks because you can just make a good fist um and then my winnings they're good because you know for protection but uh yeah either one of those and then for fights i haven't fought long enough to know to be honest because like <laughs> uh it's not like I'm making the big bucks, so I'll take whatever they give me. But uh, I do kind of like having more of like a puncher glove. My second fight, I had like a little bit of a hand injury, so I actually used like the ring side, and it was just more like protection. Uh, my right hand was messed up, so this one I'll have a puncher glove again and uh, be throwing a lot of right hands. I, I didn't throw it as hard my second fight, but. Uh, I think it's usually Pro Max or Ringside to have it Hinkley, and I think you can get your own gloves. But I'm not buying gloves because, uh, <laughs> like I said, I'm not making big bucks, so I, I'm not going to spend money. <laughs> <laughs> borrow, borrow a pair of Tyson's gloves. You know, he's yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe I'll ask. You send me <laughs> some. Well, hey, uh, gosh, we've we've kept you on for a long time, so we don't want to take up you know too much of your time but man it's just wonderful stuff here colton i love all the stories you tell and um really wish you luck in your fight in hinkley and can't wait to see that so yeah, yeah likewise you up there i'm gonna be there i'm planning i'll be there that. yeah awesome. yeah i was telling tony i took took the day off so i'm gonna be up there on friday um early to try and uh be at the weigh-ins if i can um Good. but yeah it'll be or the weigh-ins Thursday. I can't Thursday. remember. Thursday. 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 Maybe I'll have to take Thursday oh. off too. No. <laughs> I'll have to take that Friday off too. I didn't realize. I was thinking Saturday, but yeah. I don't, I'll, yeah, I'll it'll be Friday. Now that I think too. about it, I might have to take Thursday off. But no, it'll be fun. And then we'll, uh, we'll hopefully get to see you in person and shake your hand and hopefully congratulate you on the win. And then uh, yeah. we'll have to have you on again later to uh, talk about it and obviously then to talk about the upcoming fights at Canterbury, which, you know, we're all so excited about. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me. I look forward to seeing you October 22nd. We'll have to get like a burger or something after. Absolutely. Uh (laughs) All right. Well, thanks. Sounds good. Have a good one, fellas. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Thank you. Take care. Have a good night. Good night guys. Good night.